0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard as we look back on a huge weekend of League and Cup action. Celtic and Rangers will meet in the League Cup final after beating Kilmarnock and Aberdeen respectively, but that doesn't tell the full story with a whole host of talking points throughout. Georgius Jakimak has scored for Celtic, but might it turn out to be a parting gift as he heads to Japan? And there were big league wins for the likes of Hearts and Livy as the bottom three stay where they are. I'm Gordon Duncan and joining me tonight you've got Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevan. Well the weekend threw up more controversy And positive headlines Than you could shake a stick at Celtic got away with one at Hamden Georgius Giacomakis gave away what looked like A stonewall penalty against Kilmarnock St Mirren were denied A stonewall penalty against Hearts at Tynecastle Libby scored four goals away And went up to fourth on the table They are a phenomenon And would you rather be tackled by Anthony Stewart Or a double-decker bus? What a challenge on fashion to Kala. What a mistake. What a weekend. Quiet weekend, I'm sure, Cammy. Not much to look back on. It will be all polite, respectable debate and mutual agreement between now and 8 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I think there's a, a lot of talking points this weekend. Um, uh, it's, been a, it's been a huge weekend of football and a good weekend. Uh, two good um, cup ties and, and some great fixtures in the, in the league campaign as well. So... A lot, a lot of talking points tonight and looking forward to it. Let's go then, 01419511025. Where to begin? First of all, we've got a lineup for a League Cup final. Celtic and Rangers will play for the season's first piece of silverware. So in a purely footballing sense, what do you make of that? What did you make of the games, the, the goals, the manner in which those teams progressed, the manner in which Kilmarnock and Aberdeen crashed out of the competition? Of course, both games, lots of talking points, lots of controversy. So if you want to get stuck into that as well, 01419511025 or Twitter at Clyde SSB. Uh, as Cammy says, in the league there were big wins for the likes of Hearts and Livy and lots of other talking points as well. And the transfer window, how could we forget? It's the 16th of January, we're well into it now. And it certainly looks like, Celtic fans, Georgios Giacomakis is on his way out of the club, is on his way to Japan, and maybe not for as much money as some of you would have uh, expected. So you can let us know your thoughts on that. 01419511025. To set the scene, Hugh Keevans, what was your result of the weekend? Got to be Olivia. Livy beating St Johnston 4-2 at McDermott Park and moving up to fourth place, leapfrogging Aberdeen in the league table. They have a hand-to-mouth budget, but they are an excellent team to watch. Cammy? Um, yeah, I've got, I've got to go for Hamilton, actually. First win in nine games, uh, so massive, massive three points for Hamilton in it. It gets them within three points of Brof as well because they were getting caught adrift at the back of the uh, bottom of the championship, so... That might just kickstart their season. I see a student of the game doesn't have to be all top flight or league cup. What about your goal of the weekend? I thought you had some good choices. So yeah, there were. And I'm staying with lavish Livy because it's James Penrice and the goal that secured the win at McDermott Park to make it four two. Wonderful strike. No wonder Davy Martindale did a wee jig. Goal machine. Um, what was your cami? Uh, mine's was. Uh, Nisbet's second goal It was so important for Hibs Again Hibs off the back A, a good win They needed to back up They should have uh, Won at home Against Dundee United 
Dundee United put in a good performance But it was a great individual goal Took it down well Beat a couple of players And then fired it past the goalie Right in the last minute Right that's the boring bit What about your howler of the weekend Now it feels like For a lot of people out there This might be quite a congested field oh. This evening And we'll get we'll get through most of them Let's be honest But just pick one Give me one off the top of your head To kick us off The Hamden pitch Now Costa Coglu and Michael Beale Have both had their say My question is this If you must Really must Play semi-finals in Scotland mid-January Then why do you have to play two on consecutive days? Kilmarnock and Celtic were disadvantaged on Saturday evening Because of the weather and the general state of the pitch And why is it that bad when nobody plays on it? And then Aberdeen and Rangers were even more disadvantaged Because they had to play on the churned up version from the day before So why... Under those circumstances, must there be two semi-finals Saturday and Sunday? It's a nonsense. I don't know if a pitch has ever been given howler of the weekend, but there we are. Uh, Cammy, again, there's lots to get through. I'm sure you could rhyme off a few. Give me one. Um, Got to be Anthony Stewart for me. Mm. Absolute shocker. Again, pumping his gums in the press, uh, giving Alfredo Morelos a little bit of stick before the game, and then he goes in. It's such a wild challenge. Uh, a red card all day long, but... For me, that killed the tie for Aberdeen. Okay, a bit more positivity then. Who's your top man from the weekend? Who's getting the praise rather than the stick? Kevin Nisbet. Five goals in two games. Keeping Hibbs head above water. Uh, you know, had they lost at home on Saturday, the noise would have been unbelievable. As it is, they're in no great shape. But if Kevin Nisbet wasn't there, they'd be in serious trouble. Yeah, I'm going to drop down the leagues again and give. Oh, uh, I love this guy's style. I love it. <laughs> uh, Louis Vaughan. Listen, the guys had four cruciates. Uh, came back four operations, um, fourteen months out, and he scored his first goal um, since he came back against COVID at the weekend. So a fantastic yeah, mentality from him first and foremost. Um, brilliant to see him back in the pitch. Right, come on. So many talking points from the weekend. I've got this mad notion. Right, I know. B- bear with me that you we might we might find time to actually talk about you know like. Football games and the fact that teams qualified for League Cup finals and there was big results in the Premiership. Listen, we, we might we might get round to it at five to eight. The and thing then is, you're young, naive, impressionable. I know, I know. I'm an you, idealist, you, Hugh. One day you'll be as old as me and look like me. Oh, oh, there's a thought that <laughs> we ruin my night. Uh, anyway, whatever it is that's on your mind, oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. You can of course tweet as well at Clyde SS. B On a footballing sense Hugh We've got the so called Showpiece yeah. Final All eyes will be on it In a footballing sense What did you make of the The outcomes at the weekend I, I think both of them Conquered the opposition And the pitch uh, There was never any danger Of Celtic losing the tie uh, They were very Unfortunate they, they scored Four goals But only two counted um, they, they dominated Kilmarnock I thought they were unlucky Kilmarnock Not to get a penalty I think it's a stonewaller uh, but on the subject of Giacomacus uh, I think Celtic have to be careful Bearing in mind there's a final On the 26th of February uh, Giacomacus oh, It's a tap in okay But he made himself useful for Celtic When he came on I have to assume That Celtic know there'll be somebody in the building By the end of the transfer window Otherwise Why would they be letting Giacomacus go to Japan And the money is not There's not a big profit there On uh, what it costs to get him in from the Netherlands Again, Cammy, I'm an idealist It'll only last a couple of minutes 
It just seems everyone's so bogged down, so upset, so angry that their rivals got this refereeing decision and they didn't, or, or vice versa. When actually, we, we took pretty dramatic cup ties at the weekend. Yes, the pitch wasn't great, but you've got the, the two big sides do progress. It's the so-called showpiece final. Kilmarnock gave it just about everything they could. Aberdeen obviously ran Rangers fairly close as well. So I, Before we get bogged down and all that, I do feel like there's a bit... A bit of a acknowledgement, a bit of celebration to be given to that fact. Yeah, for me, there were two brilliant semi finals again. Really good football played in terrible conditions, especially obviously Saturday. Um, the weather during the game was horrendous. So, um, Kilmarnock for me done very, very well, very competitive. That they probably had the better chances of the two teams, they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, Joe Hart came up with a big save early on. Um, and then obviously the game on, on Sunday It was uh, very competitive again And that that mm. stupid challenge for me From Anthony Stewart um, Probably took the tie away from Aberdeen Yeah Aberdeen fans Be keen to get your thoughts on that as well uh, 01419511025 uh, Ange Postacoglu He's praising his players For battling against the elements And the pitch to get that win He thinks Kilmarnock deserve credit For their display But believes his team showed the right attitude To pull through yeah, tough game. Uh, cup semi-final, which you expect. Um, our credit to, to Derek and his boys. I thought they, they gave everything to the contest. And, uh, you know, we had to match it today. The conditions, you know, weren't great. Uh, the pitch is not in great condition, which is disappointing. Um, so we knew it was going to be a battle before the game started. And, uh, you know, again, it's it's credit to the boys and, and this team that, uh, you know, doesn't, it's not all just about the football. There's a real desire and, and willingness there to overcome any challenge, and uh, they did that today. It was a battle, you know. It was an arm wrestle. It was, it was a cup semi final played in uh, trying conditions where you know we were never going to get open space or be able to play through them because the, the conditions and their application to, to their game plan um, didn't allow us. But your ultimate goal and, and ambition is to overcome whatever you need to do out there, and this team has consistently done that. That's why we're in this position of you know we rarely lose because. Whatever was thrown at us, this this group of players and and you know as a collective find a way to get the job done, and they did today. Let's bring in Jerry, who's a Celtic fan. How pleasing is it, Jerry, to be in that final? It, it's great, Gordon. Um, I'm very happy. It was obviously a very difficult circumstances with the pitch. If you just want to make my own point, can I just extend the condolences to family Frank McGarvey? Um, but mm. for my time, uh, a great Celtic player. Uh, I've seen all the, the clips or videos over the years, mm. so I just wanted to say that if we're going to be. Um, no, I think that's fair. And do you know what? Just thanks for bringing it up, Jerry, because I think you know Hugh was at the funeral today, so it might seem like a good uh, opportunity. To... Can I just say in passing, uh, Ange Postecoglou was there too. Mm-hmm. Now, like Jerry, uh, Ange, I, I have to imagine, never saw Frank McGarvey play, but how much that must have meant to the McGarvey family. It was a beautiful service and Sean McGarvey, one of Frank's sons, delivered the eulogy and spoke about his father in the most endearing way. And it was a pleasure and a privilege to be there, but Ange Postacoglu was there, so he, he gets Celtic, Ange Postacoglu. Uh, well said, both of you. What else have you got on your mind, Jerry? That, thanks, Gordon. Yeah, Ange is definitely representing the club well in. Which I think what's what's really bothered me about over the weekend, Gordon, was some of the selective media outrage about the decisions. As a Celtic fan, I'm not going to deny that the Giamakis one could have been a penalty. But what's not been brought up is there was a similar incident involving Cameron Carter Vickers. I think it was just before the goal for Maeda. Three commandment players all over him. Uh, nothing given him, just dragging to the ground, nothing given. Uh, ben Davis yesterday on Liam Scales, a Celtic player, 
dragging to the ground all over him, nothing given. And yet the Celtic one's been highlighted because we benefited from it. But no mention as well about um, Rio Hotaki's goal. I don't understand why we didn't get a penalty for that because I think it was Callum McGregor's shot comes off a Kilmarnock player doing another Michael Jordan impression. It just comes off his hand, which is in the air. So why are we not given a penalty for it? Again, this is another decision that the media just decided not to highlight, um, whereas the ones that we've got, so to speak, that the referees have got wrong, have been highlighted. I just, I just think the selective outrage is a bit, uh, is a bit hypocritical. Just quickly on the, the Carter Vickers one, is that not, and I, I, I'm genuinely asking, Jerry, I'm not trying to catch you out, is, is that not as the ball is going into the back of the net, when you said it was just before the goal, is it not when Celtic score? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's but it, right. Well, come on, so, right. If we're going to be selective about certain things, I, I don't mind these debates where you can phone in, and they can phone in, and we can go round the houses. But Celtic scored from this incident, and so, what, so you get one of those. What, what's the complaint? You you want that pulled back for the penalty, and then the goal doesn't stand? Or come on, this that's this is virgin and getting a bit daft, is it not? Okay, okay. Well, okay. We'll put that, I'll, I'll I'll give you that one, Gordon. We'll put that one aside. Right, we'll retract that one. What about what about the others then? Um, Hugh. You, you said that I think you, you showed your hand at the start. You think yeah, Kamarnik mean, should have had a first, penalty. First of all, I, I have to say this selective observation that Jerry's talking about. You know, that people, that they're not. First of all, you're complaining that VAR doesn't get things correct, and, and, and that's right, it doesn't get things correct. Uh, but it's a bit much to insinuate that the press are in on this and they're trying not to highlight certain incidents. For example, Jerry. Burnaby might be a lucky boy not to get a red card uh, and when you spoke about can you really tell on that though I mean it's like well I'm, I'm, away I'm only through, I'm only giving you but the reason why I'm standing here is to give you my yeah. personal take on things I'm just asking you how uh, you can tell I think he was a lucky boy to get away with that and Jerry also said Giacomacus could have been a penalty could Jerry could to be fair I think Jerry was quite magnanimous in that one wouldn't have had a problem with it he's, he's just trying to point out the others uh, and round and round we go. I'm going to need to start writing them down because we've got. Uh, we would we retracted the the Carter Vickers one. Uh, Jerry wants a handball for was it when the Hitati? No, not for you. No, not Why? for me at all. I, I just think he uh, his hands down by his side. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was for me. That's not handball. It's not handball. Um, I think the the penalty that Kamarnock should have got for me was a stone waller. At the time, I was. Um, Willie Colm dismissed it very very quick and VAR obviously dismissed it very mm. very quickly but I just felt as if it was really clumsy um, the other one that he's mentioned in uh, Scales and Davis they were both at it for me they were both had a, had a hold of each other so um, no penalty again We're agreeing to disagree Jerry. is that the way it's going to be? Uh, it, well yeah it is Gordon but I just well okay let, let me put on a side now. I'm not going to name names but there's certain journalists in this country who have been writing things about Aaron Sports-Nicolgo over the past couple of days saying things like he's going to have to eat his words he's been paranoid he's been a conspiracy he's been none of that all Aaron Sports-Nicolgo has done last week for the first time since he's been here I think in two years it's highlighted the fact that several decisions over the last few weeks went against us I don't think he's been unreasonable he wasn't being a conspiracy theorist. So I think some journalists, certain people who also said that Craig White was a billionaire need to take a long hard look at themselves. <laughs> uh, listen, I'll, uh, I'll give Jerry that one that Ange Postacoglu, I think, is entitled to say what he said uh, in the same manner of uh, Anthony Stewart was entitled, from my perspective, to say 
I'd rather play against Cholak. I think he's a better player than Morelos. So I have you're absolutely... the only one that was sticking up from him well, on, on yeah, that. Well, again, <laughs> if I have to fly solo on that, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, I still think it put more pressure on Morelos than it did Anthony Stewart, and Morelos didn't respond to the pressure very well. However, Ange Postecoglou. Neither did Anthony Stewart, but that, that, that. Well, that, that's just his team the game. Yeah, exactly, but that's nothing to do with saying Morelos no, is a better no. player than Cholak. Or Cholak's a better player than Morelos. He just went, had the Russian blood and deservedly got sent off. But with regard to Ange Postacoglu, I have no problem with what he said. Free speech. And he speaks in a in a way that's worth listening to. Jerry, did, um, was there anything that you know you enjoyed? Because I, I get that it's quite easy to get in, bogged down in, in the VR. And you're entitled to. I mean, we take your call. You can speak about whatever you like. But I know your manager's always quite keen to... To not let it be the star of the show Did you have anything that, that brought you joy From the game at the weekend? I, I enjoyed the fact that we, we showed a, a fighting spirit Gordon, use a cliche It wasn't a fantastic game of football But it was literally getting down and dirty Because of the state of that pitch So I think anyone questioned the, the mentality Of these Celtic players That they can't get down and dirty They can't fight for a, for a battle um, They proved them wrong in, on Saturday And um, I think that's the only great going forward, you know, because I know Shinsuke Nakamura when he was there, people always say, oh, he didn't, he didn't like the physical battle. Well, nobody can say that about Maeda or Hitati uh, after the weekend. Those guys uh, have no problem getting physical if need be. Is that where you, you, can, you can almost praise both teams at the same time for semi-final number one? Because Celtic did find a way to, to stand up to, to maybe a different type of occasion but they had to because Kilmarnock were actually quite at it as well when you certainly look at the opening to the game and the way that they kept pushing. Uh, listen, both teams were brilliant. You, you, the, the Both teams were so committed to the game in horrendous conditions, like I said before. And as Jerry says, the pitch isn't great, which would have suited Celtic more than Kilmarnock if it, was a, if it was a good day and a good pitch. But you're right, Celtic do need to take credit because they got through the tie. They worked ever so hard. They, they had to do the dirty stuff and make big tackles and, and work hard, rely on... Joe Hart had a couple of big saves and that's difficult. Sometimes it's difficult as a goalkeeper in conditions like that. So Celtic need to take credit because they've, they've got through the tie. That's what they set out to do before the game was get into the final. They've done that, but it was, it was a brilliant game for me. Two teams that were really committed and wanted to get to that final so much. And, and, and listen, after the game, I watched Ange Postacoglu go around the pitch and it meant a lot to him. He knew he was in a game, but it just showed you what he meant. He was pumping pumping his chest uh, to the Selic fans and stuff, so it did mean a lot to him, that game. In brief, I thought Maeda was the pick of the Japanese players for Celtic. And no matter what anyone said about Nakamura, Nakamura could mm. handle the physical stuff. He was, he was outstanding season after season for Celtic. I've always... Tongue in cheek said that you know when you score a goal that's really good you should get one or two a season where if it's if VR rules it offside you get it gets allowed to stand because <laughs> it's good um, and my idea obviously Hugh I mean look yeah. we, we can debate this if you want Hawkeye's there to tell you when it's offside you've not really got much choice to to sort of accept that he was no. offside as far yeah. as the, the you know official lines go well, why would there be any other debate although I know that doesn't satisfy some people terrific goal um, but. These things happen nowadays, I guess. Of all the players who have been to the World Cup finals and come back to play in Scotland, I think Maeda is the one who has come back 
Bringing the World Cup form with him And being consistent mm. Right we're up and running We've mentioned What have we had We've had the We've had handball accusations We've had the Giacomacchus alleged foul In the penalty box We've had a me- mention of Craig White I must admit Which I didn't <laughs> quite see coming And uh, I'm sure there's plenty more Where that came from Between now and 8 o'clock The Aberdeen Rangers game By the way That, that had a few incidents In case you hadn't noticed If you want to get stuck in Now's the time You are the voice of Scottish football Call 0141-951-1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell are here It's 0141-951-1025 A nice lively start to the show We're already debating and arguing about various decisions uh, That took place over the weekend I don't think we're anywhere near done And see if you think we've not mentioned one that you want to hear Give us a call It's the easiest way to fix it Because last time I checked Twitter uh, I think we're currently being expected to rhyme off About 342 different incidents Hugh. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's gone up by the minute So if you want to get in touch and raise one Push it to the top of the priority list 0141 951 1025 Two, I think maybe Martindale should have been given a yellow card for the dance after Libby's fourth goal. <laughs> I mean, it was worse than a granddad at a wedding, that one. But anyway, we move on. Um, let's bring in Robert, who is in Knightswood. How's it going, Robert? I'm not bad, thank you. What's your point for the guys tonight then? Oh, I'm just going to be a bit fed up with this kind of VAR chat. He said, she said, uh, oh, these blue tinted glasses and green tinted glasses. It doesn't happen in other sport where we've got the kind of technology. It doesn't happen in tennis. It doesn't happen in rugby. Why can't we just kind of buy into the philosophy of it? Realise that maybe, maybe a couple of decisions you might not agree with, but it's kind of there. It's kind of factual. So it's kind of hard. It's hard to argue with, isn't it? Uh, t- to be fair Robert right? You, you had to your first point I'm thinking wow Robert could be my favourite caller of the century Because we have we're, we're getting to a crossroads We've got a decision to make We can let ourselves have the joy Be sucked completely out of football Or, or we can try and handle it in, in a slightly different manner But you must admit To be fair you've now elaborated it's not factual, and you can argue with it. That, that's that's part of it, is it not? Well, well, well it's factual. I mean, how, how can it not be factual? Because when someone looks at one of these, one of these calls, it's like watching the telly. It, it happens in front of them. And then the day referees call it, a referee's decision is never wrong. It's based on his opinion, and that's 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 where the grey areas come in. Because people are thinking, oh, he's he's he favours that side or he favours that side. Oh, I get that, but you've. <laughs> Robert, you started off by saying it is fact. You then mentioned it's based on his opinion, and you mentioned grey area. Therefore, none of this is fact. Offside's fine, but the rest isn't fact. So that's why we have these debates. Yeah, I understand that, but there's always there's always an agenda behind the debate, mm. and that's the point. That is the whole point, though. Yeah, and, th- th- and Robert, that's the bit. That, that's that the bit Robert the, had. That is the whole point. You, yeah, you got to agree with that. That's a, a great opening line. Is you know we we need to. Sort of screw the nut As the old expression would go But Robert must be one of the very few people in Knightswood Who doesn't understand that, that all of this is based on An historic rivalry Oh he does, he's saying that He's the one that's bringing it up uh, And that's why the introduction of VAR Was always going to end this way In the city of Glasgow And the west of Scotland uh, Because You have people who believe That there is a conspiracy Against their club Or an agenda Against their club and both believe, Celtic and Rangers, that referees or whoever favours one over the other. It is it has been here for over a century and it will be here for another century. And, though, there's a third option there where 
a large, probably a silent majority because of, of the way the big two dominate things here of fans from all the other clubs. I've seen them on Twitter this morning saying, yeah. oh, Kilmarnock should have had a penalty, Ryan mm. Kent should have been sent off, and this is, I'm not saying you have to agree with those things, and therefore it just shows that it's both the big two that get the decisions, and VAR is meant to, you know, meant to clear things up, and round and round we go. I, I think also um, VAR is, well, we'll call it teething troubles for want of a better expression, but as I say, it's a minimum denied a stormwall penalty on Friday night. And referees are looking at things. Willie Collum used to be the top official in this country, but his, for me, his credibility is declining because I'm looking at decisions and thinking, well, how could you possibly not see that and not give that? See, the thing is, we can hide behind this thing about teething problems. This is where I think Robert Wright, sometimes you're just going to have to take it on the chin because did you watch the Manchester Derby? Right, how many years have they had VR? It's got nothing to do with teething problems. It's got nothing to do with the lack of cameras. It's got nothing to do with part-time refs. They've caused World War Three down there because what an insanely controversial offside decision. Yeah, Yeah. but for me, like the whole point of this is that it's um, it's an interpretation of the law, and that that's that's where we everyone's the, the laws are there yes and, and the referee will always make a decision by the laws of the game but it's how he interprets the, them laws and everyone, the problem is the referees all of them are interpreting slightly different um, and that's where the frustration's kicking in but Robert's right we, we either need to buy into it and, and go with it and some decisions will go for your team or go against your team um, but as long as I think as long as the ref or, or referees can come out and say, look, this is why we've made that decision um, by the letter of the law, and ultimately you get a, you get we, an understanding of it. We are not a take-it-on-the-chin type of people. <laughs> Too right. We are, in the west of Scotland, divisive, always have been divisive, and always will be, and this is not about technology or about individual referees. This is about a deep-seated mm. belief that somebody is out to get you. Uh, I mean, Robert... On one hand, let, let's let's do it then. Let's let's go for what you're preaching. If you're fed up of VR debates and all that sort of stuff, what did you make of the football? What did you make of the the other stuff that went on this weekend? Do you know what? I think it was kind of two typical kind of cup ties. I'm being honest. Uh, I think I think Kamarnock and Aberdeen. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a Rangers fan, but I think credit has to go to Kamarnock and Aberdeen. Kamarnock made a game of it. They went at Celtic. Uh, I think they gave him a few scares. Um, again. It could have went either way. I think even the Aberdeen game. I think there was a, a bit of a silly decision with the big, the big, big skipper who kind of turned the game a wee bit in Rangers' favour. So aye, it was two good cup ties, and I just wish, I just wish league games could be like as well, and teams that a wee bit more belief kind of coming at us a wee bit. Do you know what I mean? Both, both sides of the That's an interesting take because you look at Kilmarnock. That was a cup tie. You wouldn't have, yeah. you wouldn't have needed to know the circumstances. You could, you know, if you blacked out Hamden in the background or whatever. The way Kilmarnock went about it is not the way that you would generally see your so-called smaller teams start a league match, is it? And and we've seen it the week before. Kilmarnock played Celtic at Celtic Park. Celtic absolutely dominated that game. I don't think Kilmarnock had a shot on target. Listen, apart from the possession stats on, on Saturday, the game was very even. Kilmarnock and, and Celtic had roughly the same amount of shots, same corners. Kilmarnock were well within that game. They just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Um, and again, yeah... Teams, I agree with Robert. Sometimes the teams give Rangers and Celtic too much respect and, and are fearful of them. But um, Kamarnock showed that if you go toe to toe with Celtic, mm. you, you can give them a real scare. Robert, 
mentioned there that you know Anthony Stewart. How how big a moment in the game is that? Uh, it's, it's borderline criminality on his part. You know the he let down his manager, his team, people who had travelled a long way to watch Aberdeen at Hamden. Uh, it was utterly nonsensical. As I say, it got nothing to do with him saying that Cholak's better than Morelos. Absolutely nothing to do with that. And at the stage of the game at which he committed this horrendous foul, uh, it, it just did in Aberdeen to have Rangers playing 11 v 10, 30 minutes of extra time. I don't know what Jim Goodman said to him, but... It wasn't strong enough. But again, again, going on Anthony Stewart, I watched him at St Mirren, I think it was just after Christmas, got sent off another horrendous error from him, gave the ball away and then pulled the guy back, got a red card for that. That's your captain, that's your leader. And then he does something like that in a semi-final for me and there's got to be question marks over his position as captain if he's going to lead the team like that. No debate about that decision. We're going to argue about every other one, it seems. No no debate about that one. if If you thought that wasn't a penalty... Spec oh, savers for you. Red card, not um, a red card, a big pardon. Spec savers for you. Yeah, it's, it's one of the worst tackles I've seen for a so very just long the, time. The sort of tick box, excessive force, endangered opponent, that type of yeah, thing. It was, it was, it was horrendous. It really, really could have hurt Fashion Sakala, and thankfully he came out with that challenge. Well, thank you, Robert. It was well intended, I'm sure, but I'm not convinced that we will move on from excessive VAR debates or refereeing decision debates or whatever else. But if you've got thoughts on any of the above. Now is the time to share it 01419511025 You can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB um, Let's hear a bit from Michael Beal uh, He claims Scottish football must present itself better After a poor hand and pitch And VAR blackout yesterday Listen it's a fantastic stadium I love coming here To, to be involved in the game Coming to watch I think it's a wonderful stadium I agree that maybe, you know, when we're selling our game outside, I thought both semi-finals were excellent semi-finals. Four teams really went for it. The two underdogs, if you like, really took it to the two favourites in both games. But the pitch is in a really bad state for what is a showpiece game that players are dreaming and hoping to get to. We need to have better than that. So I think we, we've got a good product. Just make sure that we uh, present it in the right way. Ross is an Airdrie. What's your point tonight, Ross? How you doing, Barrow? Good, thank you. It was just a wee bit of insight on the, how the VAR was going to do at Hamden yesterday. Yep. How it could cut off and then 10 minutes later it come back on. I was just wondering, is there any laws to say there's a law that? Because in the stadium it was announced that there was no VAR for the remainder of the match. Yeah, I mean, it was just one of those things, Hugh. Yeah. Clearly, you, I can't imagine anyone would want this because it just brings... Completely unwanted attention It was a technical issue In the VAR centre So I assume at Clydesdale House In Glasgow The VAR team relocated to a backup station And the issue was fully restored Five minutes later I'm quite sure that Not great at all No, no uh, It's embarrassing For all concerned It makes us look like um, Amateur hour But I'm sure Ross would rather the game went on rather than it was stopped while they located uh, to another VAR hub. Uh, Also, while it was off, the referee was actually in control of the game. Let's go back six months, that's how we we used to do things. That's how football used to be. Uh, And, you know, he's supposed to be a competent official. Um, So 
it ha- also has happened in England. I'm not trying to deflect. I'm simply trying to give you a statement of fact that it has happened before in the Premier League in England. These things do happen. It's unfortunate in the midst of a week or a weekend where the pitch was being criticised and rightly so that the National Stadium should also suffer that Mm. uh, blip where VAR was concerned. It makes us look bad Mm. but you don't want to have fans literally sitting there not knowing what's happening for Five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. We're also not that type of people either. I mean, Hugh's right, Cammy. It doesn't doesn't change anything. It, it doesn't doesn't make any you know our situation at the weekend any different. But I think it was only it was a week ago. Liverpool and Wolves yep. in, in the FA Cup, and yep. the cameras weren't able to pick up an offside. It was at the start of the season. Arsenal leads delayed forty minutes because there was a problem with VAR. None of that changes anything from yesterday. What it does do is just remind you that when you're relying on any type of technology, it's it's the 2023 version of a a floodlight failure. Yeah. You know, it's it's rubbish. It's not great, <laughs> but you you've not much choice but to shrug your shoulders and, and hope that it doesn't happen too often. Yeah, it wasn't great, but again, I felt as if we we dealt with it okay. Um, Nick Walsh, the referee, made it clear to the. The managers, both managers, uh, then went and spoke to both captains and just let them know what was happening. So the communication was quite clear that he was in charge of the game for the period of time that VAR was down. Um, and, and they'd done the right thing and restored VAR as quickly as they could. And then automatically it just kicks back and then it's working during the game. So, listen, technology is never 100% and, and probably never will be 100%. As you say, English Premier League, they've had problems down there. So it's something that they had a backup plan. They understand what they they did and I felt as if they got it fixed pretty quickly five minutes isn't a long period of time to to not have it and and the referee took charge and again the communication is a key thing that he lets both managers know they're both happy both players all sets of players know what's happening and they continue the game like we did as you say before VAR came in referee references the game what do you think Ross you know what I know it's, as Hugh says it's just not good it's, it's not a good look but what else do you do how do you stop it how else would you have rather it was handled yesterday well, no, I agree. I think the referee done pretty well. And it was communicated to the stadium that the man was doing, and the ref was obviously taking control of the game. But right. you were just checking, like, is there a you know, is there a rule or whatever that that says that shouldn't be allowed? I was just looking for information on it. I hadn't been aware it happened in England or that. I wasn't sure if there was any sort of precedent set for if that happens. Yeah, and that's the thing. You, I don't know if there is a difference in our makeup or if. Maybe it does get that reaction, but we we are not privy to it because uh-huh. you know we're not obsessed with Liverpool. We're not obsessed with Wolves. Um, do do they do they suspect the same foul play that we suspect up here? Do they? I mean, for instance, I, I, what I would be pretty confident of if you scroll back through Twitter when you get the the Liverpool and Wolves thing last week, there won't be many tweets that go ha, typical English football. You yeah. won't get that. But because we've got this inferiority complex, and and yes, we. Make life difficult for ourselves sometimes. As soon as that happens yesterday, it's a good it's a good chance to go. Ha! Ah, well, of course, of course, her arm doesn't work. Well, we've had uh, yesterday's uh, incident. We've had the, the the one at Motherwell when Celtic played there. Uh, we've also had decisions which, for me, have been mm. inexplicable. That's a different but, thing, though, yeah, isn't it? Because yeah, that's but, like yeah. a decision making process. But since the implementation of VAR, it has fed into the Scottish trait of never being happy, always suspecting that somebody's mm. doing you in. And we've, 
completely stopped talking about football. We even had the pitch yesterday as well. You gave the pitch the howler of the weekend. <laughs> I can it, tell it's you. It's the concept. There's an update. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a joint statement tonight from the Scottish FA and the SPFL. Um, they've discussed ways in which they can mitigate the ongoing inclement weather to optimise the playing surface for the cup final next month and the forthcoming internationals at Hamden. The inclement weather, it says, allied to the fixture schedule being dictated by a Winter World Cup contributed to underfoot conditions during two otherwise exciting and entertaining semis. Significant work was completed on the pitch in October, but enhanced maintenance provision is being investigated as a priority to ensure the best possible surface is available for the remainder of the season, notwithstanding the sustained forecast for more rain and challenging weather conditions. What does a World Cup in Qatar have to do with a pitch in the south side of Glasgow? No, it moved the scheduling. Of course, because we were off for five weeks, so yeah. just just moved the fixtures around when the game was played. Yeah, yeah. and obviously we had a very wet period of well, rain why, before why, that. I'm no, I'm no, I'm no a weatherman, believe it or not. Why do you play two of them in 24 hours then? That would be some sort of marketing thing, won't it? Because I, I, I feel like on again going back to being an idealist, seeing an ideal world, that's a good thing. You've got a semi-final weekend; they're both there, same place, gets that buzz about it. Then you've got maybe, the not, maybe not in January Exactly though. And yeah. it's been raining no, Listen, so, uh, Hugh's right But I'm, I'm saying the The idea itself Listen, You get yeah. But doing it at this time of year and The idea I can see the whole marketing point It's a big weekend They build it up They've got two semi-finals Back, uh, back to back and Minimi- Minimises Knock-on effects For league fixtures yes. as well Because yeah. you've got it on one so weekend So in an ideal world it's, it's, a, it's a great idea But we live in Scotland For the last three weeks It's not stopped raining So I, f- I almost think it's a little bit unfortunate that the, the after Saturday, I was at the game on Saturday, it did not stop raining throughout the whole game. It was horrendous weather and it, the pitch was always going to cut up. So it's, it's sometimes, for me, it's sometimes out with your your control. The weather, we can't control the weather. Inclement weather conditions. Things, <laughs> things you just never thought you would be talking, debating on this show. It's incredible. Thank you uh, to Ross. It's 01419511025. I know we're bound to be getting stick for having not mentioned some incident or another by now because we're well into the show. Put us right, 01419511025. 0141-951-1025 This is Scottish Football's league leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell are here No one's agreeing about anything But that is Clyde One Super Scoreboard in a nutshell So keep the calls coming 0141-951-1025 Or Twitter is at Clyde SSB Let's bring Martin in and see what his take on things is Martin Hi, how are you? Good, good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, not Good bad man. at all. Calling from Canada. Lovely. What time of day are we talking? Oh, geez, what is it? Two o'clock in the afternoon? Oh, no, hey, hey, one o'clock you guys start here. I'm in my workshop uh, <laughs> just listening oh, to you guys every day. Up, Hugh Keevens, the soundtrack to your working day. What a, mm. what a depressing thought. No offence. <laughs> well, I mean, I join other... <laughs> Joni Mitchell and Leonard Cohen, great Canadians <laughs> who have... Well seen, they're the two Canadians that you... Yeah. Did the soundtrack yeah. to your sort of... Outlook on things Anyway Martin Enough about his music tastes What about the football This weekend <laughs> Well I'll tell you Hugh Keevan said Just you know, a few moments ago That the Aberdeen captain's uh, A tackle Was almost criminal So how would he define Kent's punch well, Let me Let me um, Explain myself Martin When I said that I meant Criminally stupid Not Not a criminal offence But Not like police Are going to chop the door Criminally stupid because of the, the, the time factor, uh, because it left his team down to 10 men for 
30 minutes of extra time in terms of stupidity it was borderline criminality that's what I meant by that Martin I don't believe it that he committed an assault it was a, an extremely rash and ill-advised and ill-timed challenge and what about Ryan Kent's punch at which point some people how can you describe it as a punch it clearly wasn't a punch and everyone else says but it definitely was why are you even debating how to describe it so I'll just let you handle it and I'll just sit back and enjoy I, I, I don't think it was a punch I think there was a uh, his hand connects with his face but that's not necessarily a punch although Liam Scales was of the opinion it was but players will be of that opinion so what should he have been sent off or not no Okay Cammy No I, I think what's happened is is Kent's obviously Chasing down the ball And, and, and he's trying to get by Liam Scales And he's kind of I would say Frustrated And brushed Brushed past him He's kind of swung his arm so is, he, is he taking a chance though? Is he I, I think he is Listen He's caught him in the face And, and you're always taking a chance if, you, if you're putting your arms out Towards somebody's face But uh, is it a punch? No it's not a punch It's, um, it's him trying mm. to get past the player um, for me it's probably a yellow card And that's as as far as you go with that one I noticed Dermot Gallagher said the same on, on Sky Sports News And every time that comes up on the show here I always caveat it by saying You don't need to agree Because yeah. we always disagree with refs That's the whole point so I'm, I'm, I don't offer this if, as gospel if, you, can, you can disagree It's just worth noting Because you don't hear from many refs Gives you a referee's perspective He was asked about it on Sky Sports News today if, He said he felt if the referee had seen it it would, it would have been a yellow card if, In his opinion If Dermot Gallagher finds In favour of a Rangers player As in Kent should not be sent off Then the Celtic fans react badly If Dermot Gallagher Finds in favour of a Celtic player Who should not be sent off Then the Rangers fans react badly Dermot Gallagher Has the Advantage over us In that he is a former referee However His word is not To my way of thinking Gospel Neither's mine or Cammy's or yours or anybody else. But, uh, you know, he is of the same opinion as us that it's it's not a red card. Could have been a yellow. Um, Martin, you're not having that? Nah, not at all. Not at all. I mean, if, if I was caught on CCTV outside a pub punching or raising my arm to somebody, I would be charged with assault. <laughs> as simple as that. But th- this is where you've got to be careful, haven't you, Martin? Because you... You seriously think that's now an is that an assault by Ryan Kent? No, it's it, it's intentional. It, it's not as if he was turning around, starting to run, you know, towards the play. He he, he, he did. It was intentional. And anyone who says any different is 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 had a few too many Scooby snacks, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, these ones, you genuinely right. I, are the ones I struggle with the most because no one is willing no one is willing to just climb down from their entrenched opinion and admit that see that one camera angle that you see it from it's actually not that great and you can't really tell we've gone from and I've seen it on Twitter all day some people would have you believe Ryan Kent here is an absolute angel and does absolutely nothing wrong to the other end of the scale Martin's got him looking at six months in Berlin you know Come on! How well, how can one incident viewed in the same way lead to that range of opinions? Well, I'm afraid we have to accept that that is the case. Now, the modern day case is that Martin is of an opinion that it was um, dangerous enough to be considered uh, an assault, uh, and Martin will stick by that opinion. And that, that you know, there's nothing at all that anyone can say that will dissuade Martin. Um, 
and that is the the mm. reality that we face now. Whether you're calling from Canada or from Castle Milk, the reality is that everyone sees what they want to see and has that's their a opinion. Worry, that, that, I think that's a worry sometimes. Yeah, me and you have obviously had too many Scooby Snacks. Yeah. <laughs> we, we disagree with them. So, no, listen... Uh, I just don't see the intent there. I think there's a frustration of trying to get by the player, but yeah, listen, it's it's not a swing and a punch. It's so it's somewhere less than assault for you. you you've <laughs> not you're, much you're so. pulling below no, that. Very much so. If the referee threshold. if the referee sees it, it, then he could he could brandish a yellow card. But I don't think he goes any further than that. It, and as you say, Gordon, that the camera angle we're looking at it isn't great. So how can we make but that, a, that? That's the bit. No one seems to admit that. Everyone has looked at it from that one angle and, one. Is, and is convinced that it's either assault or Ryan Kent does nothing wrong. It's uh, it's community service rather than a custodial sentence, Jerry uh, Martin, rather. But not red for you. No, not red for you. No assault for Martin. And round and round we go. It takes us up nicely to this though. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun. For the best football news and opinion online, the Scottish slash football. Hugh Keevan should be jailed for some of his terrible answers on Beat the Pundit. See what I did there? Yeah. Tenuous link. Wasn't yeah, yeah. very funny, was it? 01419511025. First Beat the Pundit of a new week. If you want to take on these two or one of these two, you need to get your call in before 7 o'clock. So let's hear it. Tackle the headlines. 0141951 Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I knew it would be lively with yeah. Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell tonight, I must admit, but we've gone from mentions of Scooby Snacks to assault charges to following a barroom brawl to inclement weather. We really are. We're, we're proper We've got the scattergun Right out tonight So if you want to join in Or you want to bring Some sanity to proceedings And someone who wanted A goal and a penalty At the same time It's the same number <laughs> 01419511025 uh, We possibly could Maybe shine a light A bit more on the actual football At the weekend In the second hour But you decide You pick up the phone And let us know Transfer business as well Celtic fans And it really does look like Jakimakis is on his way It looks like he's leaving It looks like he's heading to Japan uh, For a fee that won't top Four million pounds So I wonder how You feel about that 01419511025 We'll do this first Beat the pundit With the Scottish Sun For the best football news And opinion online Thescottishsun.co.uk Slash football it's a new week Let's see what we can do Let's see if we can get A victory for the listeners I think you clinched it For the pundits On Friday On yes. Friday 4-2 victory Let's see if John In Rutherglen Can do any better How's it going John? Uh, not bad How are you guys? Not bad It says on my screen You're a Rangers fan John Did you manage to enjoy yesterday? Uh, it was alright uh, uh, The park wasn't up too much But I think uh, Rangers Just done enough To deserve a victory It was alright Says John Which maybe sums things up At the moment Because it's good to get through To a final But I know uh, Rangers fans saw a few things That they would like to Improve on Maybe you can share those With us in the second hour Of tonight's show By the way John I'll toss the coin Heads it's Hugh Tails it's Cammy. Both won their last outings And it is heads You're back in the saddle Mr Keevans oh. So I'll give you some Clyde too And I'll play it nice and loud So he can't hear us John and I'm sure you have heard this before, but just a quick refresher. 30 seconds, answer as many as you can. Pass if you don't know, OK? Right, let's go, John and Rutherglen. Your time starts now. Georgius Jakimakis joined Celtic from a team in which country? Uh, uh, Holland. Which Scottish club gave Alex McLeish his first managerial job? Uh, Hibs. Name any Rangers player sent off this season. 
Lundstrom Darren Fletcher is the technical director at which English club? Manu Which Italian side does Lewis Ferguson play for? Bologna Name any Scotsman who started in the English Premier League at the weekend uh, John McGinn Name either Celtic player who's been sent off this season uh, Cal McGregor Okay, right, let's bring Hugh back Ready? I am Let's go, 30 seconds on the clock Hugh, your time starts now Beat the pundit Help if I press the right one <laughs> Georgius Giacomakis joined Celtic from a team in which country? Holland Which Scottish club gave Alex McLeish his first managerial job? Motherwell Name any Rangers player sent off this season Pass Darren Fletcher is the technical director at which English club? Man United Which Italian side does Lewis Ferguson play for? Bologna Name any Scotsman who started in the English Premier League at the weekend Pass Name either Celtic player who's been sent off this season um, um, Starfield Okay, John, do you think you've done enough? Well, I don't know, it's tight, I think it's tight I think you're right, John Georgius Giacomakis joined from a team in the Netherlands One all Alex McLeish's first management job was indeed at Motherwell So Hugo's uh, 2-1 in front However A quick fire response from John Because James Sands Alfredo Morelos Or John Lundstrom Were your options For Rangers sendings off oh, of uh, Darren Fletcher Is at Man United Both got it Lewis Ferguson's Bologna Both got it Name any Scotsman Who started at the English Premier League At the weekend John John McGinn didn't start I'm afraid You yeah. thought it would be a, a, a sure thing But it was Christy Adams Robertson McKenna Or Cooper So you're still level here I think, yeah, for all. Name either right. Celtic player who's been sent off this season. Hugh went Carl Starfield, he's not been sent off. John went Callum McGregor, he has been sent off. John and Rutherglen, well oh, done to you. Well done, John. Oh, here we go, party time. <laughs> <laughs> See, never let it be said that this is not an important moment in the, the week when people manage to get a victory I can't believe that Morelos and Lundstrom get sent off on the same day I forgot <sighs> no, all about it no, no. well done John good man oh, no, boy, I'll need to get the Scooby Snacks out now that's again <laughs> right <laughs> uh, well done to John and Rutherglen meet the pundit back at the same time tomorrow 0141-951-1025 let's get your calls in if you think we've missed anything feel free I think we're, we're, we're nearly getting there we've done Jackie Marcus should have given away a penalty according to these two. They both felt Ryan Kent would have been a yellow, not a red. What else have we done? Have we worked our way around Anthony Stewart's tackle? We're getting there. We've probably not satisfied everyone, but if, if there is something you think we've missed, uh, please do pick up that phone. Um, let's hear uh, a bit from Joe, who's on the line. Take it away, Joe. How you doing, panel? How you doing? Good, good. How are you? Are you well? I'm doing great. Still living, that's the main point. Wow, that's, um, um, yeah, that's one way of looking at it. One day at a time. Um, just p- pick up on Hugh's point earlier, get away from all this DAR and all this crap, you know. Um, Hugh said that he, he was really his most impressed player since he came back to the World Cup has been Maeda. I tend to maybe set, certainly a wee bit of disagreement there with you. I think it's been Armoy, I think it's been outstanding since he's come back, I think it's been outstanding since um, Callum McGregor went out with his injury. I think the guy is, would be one of the first names in my team sheet for sure. Um, and I think he, the guys can right up to the mark. I think he's very, I call him Mr. Reliable. I think he hardly races the ball. I think he's, he's, his movement, I think everything about him, I think he's the most improved player by a mile at Parkhead. What do you make of that? Um, you know, 
it's an interesting debate now we've got a Celtic supporter arguing against mm. a Celtic player uh, as the best but uh, I, I just think that Maeda carries the greater threat I know that um, Aaron Moy is about creativity the the quality of his free kick was what took advantage of Kyle Lafferty uh, and the goal that Enough dies in Maeda uh, to open the scoring at Hamden on Saturday so if Joe is happy with Aaron Moy mm. and I'm happy with Dyson Maida then I'm also yeah. happy to call it a score draw yeah. I don't think it has to be one or the other I don't think that was Joe's intention Cammy just wanting to, to almost give some praise to Aaron Moy what have you made of his uh, run into the team? Yeah, I think he's he's been really impressive he's came on to a game um, cultured player really, really good with the football at his feet and can get about the pitch as well L- listen, it, he's been fortunate that that Cal McGregor got injured because that gave him the real run in the team that he needed. He, he took time to get up to speed and, and full fitness, but he's he is he's very very important for Celtic at the moment. I I, I just feel as if um, he's getting into the swing of the way that Postecoglou wants the the team to play, and um, yeah, he's 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 been really really good. And does that show you the sort of jigsaw nature of putting a team together, Joe? Because when he comes in for Callum McGregor. It then becomes not about trying to keep Callum McGregor out of the team, but he's done enough to then have a knock-on effect and keep Matt O'Reilly out of the team by the looks of it. Yes, no, I totally agree with you. You know, I think Matt O'Reilly, he's been a bit disappointing the last few games. Um, and I think, you know, we're really strong in the midfield. And, and you know, I think Ange has got to take one time, especially when we're playing at home, try a back, a back three, go to the back three and get the, the guys in the midfield, you know, Especially when they play at Park Kids, they don't, don't give many chances away. You know, I, I would, you know, and play Kyogo and play Jack Amakis for a run of, of time. Don't just give them one or two games. Go for it. You know, I think, you know, you, you should try things and change a bit. But it's made my year this year to get a score draw off of you. And the legend it is, and it's a score draw, man, that's made my year. Well, it's early days, Joey. The year could get better. We're not out of January yet. Um, funny you mentioned, though, play Kyogo and Jakimakis. You might not see Jakimakis again if tonight's revelations come to, to fruition. What do you make of that? I, I, I don't know. You know, you hear all these rumours, and as Anne said, there's, there's rumours at the moment. You know, it, it could be a way, it could be a way, but. You know, I'd love to see him staying, but you know, I can understand why he wants to leave. To be honest with you, if you're not getting a run in the in the team, and you know, and if Kyogo's number one, and it is going to be Kyogo, you know, I can understand why he wants to leave. What do you make of it, Hugh? Because it, it's look, it's been bubbling away for a while, hasn't it? Let's be mm-hmm. honest. But tonight, um, Sky certainly reporting, and, and others that Celtic have accepted an offer from Japanese side. Urawa Red Diamonds for Jakimakis, um, which is one thing, but the fee you're talking under four million pounds. What are you, what's your reaction to that? Strange, um, because you don't have the replacement in the building, and if it were to be Cho from South Korea, which well, it doesn't, I don't think it is going to be no, now. <clears throat> uh, he might require time to to be up to match speed. Uh, the money. Is certainly not consistent with the Celtic model. You're supposed to buy at a certain level and then sell at a very high level, and that's not the case with this one. Uh, and then you leave yourself open. You've got Kyogo, and then if Kyogo suffers an injury, what have you got? 
so I have to assume that Celtic know there is going to be someone signed, sealed and delivered by the 31st of January otherwise this is a high risk strategy What do you think Cammy on the, the the version of Clyde One Super Scoreboard in Japan they might well be saying hold on a minute look we <laughs> Celtic have had a number of bargains from us so don't don't grudge us the chance to get a good deal for George's Jackimakis but I, I would imagine most Celtic fans who call this show thought that if he was going to be Purchased in this window It would be for more money than that Is that fair? Yeah I, I think But I think it tells a story That um, he's not happy at the club For me Ange Postacoglu Won't have players around his squad And his, his team uh, The environment and culture That he's got going on there That aren't wanting to be there So for me it's probably The signals that he's, he's maybe I don't know if it's um, family situations or reasons that There might be reasons behind Why he's wanting to leave Celtic if it, if it is just not enough game time then he's obviously made it clear to the manager that he wants to move on and I, I think that's probably made the decision of why he's, they're not holding out for a big fee as I say I don't think Ange has players around the building that, he, that, that don't want to be there they all want to be there they all want to play for the, their position in the, in the team so yeah I'm mm. a little bit surprised by the fee but again if he's made it clear he doesn't want to be at Celtic any longer then then I'm I'm pretty sure Ange will want to move him on like everything you there's bound to be a number of factors here we always it, it's easier for us if we can say it's just one oh he just wants more money yeah. oh, oh, oh he just wants to play or oh he's just unhappy it's probably a combination of a, of a couple of things he has 28 which maybe feeds yeah. in a little bit to that fee you're not you're not getting you know, as big a fee for a 28 year old, not to say that he's completely over the hill. Don't say that. Last time I got slaughtered when exactly. I said 10, 10 million for Juranovic. Yeah, exactly. You you might be right. You might have overinflated it. Yes. But by the looks of things, I was getting absolutely slaughtered noticed, that night for it. I noticed. Um, the only the only concern that the Celtic fans would have is: Are you sure you've got somebody else? Yeah. Because if you haven't got somebody else, you run mm. the risk of something. Sod's law. Being sod's law, you run the risk of something happening to Kyogo, and then you've got a problem. Because that's the point, isn't it? Whilst the fee is, I don't know, look, it's still a lot of money, obviously, right? But in, in compared to what people thought, and compared to some of the fees Celtic have it have had for big players, it's a modest fee. Correct. How do you balance that up against just keeping him? You know, he's, he's got a long contract. I know what Cammy says. If, if, if the player's unhappy, well, that's it. Keep an unhappy player, all that sort of stuff. But particularly this window, you know, if, if there isn't a, a replacement, is it? You better just keeping him for, for for that. You know, it's not like you're saying, oh, look, it's fifteen million quid. We need to take that. I think it's too far down the road. I think the sources that you have quoted uh, are of the variety that you wouldn't quibble with. Uh, I think it's too far down the road, and it will be a done deal. And as I say, the only concern for the Celtic fans is okay. Who's coming in? Mm, thanks to Joe. What about Scott, who's also a Celtic fan? What do you make of this Jackamacus business, Scott? I'm very disappointed he's leaving. Um, it's no surprise that the three games that George started against the uh, Rangers, um, okay, didn't he start the one the, the one earlier this season? But come on, after about five minutes that we sort of ran amok, if I was being honest with you, especially the 3 and the 4 nothing game, where Golson and whoever his partner was that day, whether it was Hollander or whether it was James Sand, just couldn't cope with his... his sort of, I mean, he's not the most graceful of guys. He's, he's very coordinated at times. I'm going to see something he's probably with Frank McGarvey in his day when nobody knew what Frank was going to do because he didn't, you know. 
And I think Georges is like that. He just gets in about them. He rumbles them up. They don't get time. To, they don't get time to play the, the fancy football across the back line. He's always at them. And my concern is he's a one in two goal scorer. You don't get they they don't, they don't come along very easily, and they're certainly no cheap. And Celtic wasted a lot of money over the years in strikers. Guys like Amido Baldy, Pookie, um, the other big lad we brought in as well. Um, well his name for, I forget his name now. But well, there's been a few. There has yeah. been a few. Um, but I suppose that would be it, Scott, wouldn't it? Do you have to? Do you have to simply assume that? And you've made a good case, and Jackie Marcus has been a popular Celtic player, but. Do you have to just assume that actually Ange Postacoglu believes he can upgrade this guy? He he can bring someone in who's better. He pr- probably can. He's got he's got his sources over in Asia, obviously with the Asian market. He's brought in some cracking players. Last year we brought in four guys at the turn of the year in January: Hitati, Adeguchi, eh, O'Reilly, and Maeda. And three out of the four of them hit the ground running. As a matter of fact, I probably would give them a major partners winning league last season because Hitati was outstanding. He's first maybe 10, 12 games then, so I had a lull where he obviously played a full season over in Japan. Um, we were lucky that three out of the four hit the ground running and they were very beneficial to us. Um, but I just, I, I worry when you're losing somebody like that, when you've only got one striker, I mean, who else is in the, on the books that could really could put, put me either through the middle, but totally different player, you're lying in pace there. Um, I just think Georges is a, a cracking big player, I'm sorry to see him go. But he doesn't deserve to sit on the bench either. He doesn't deserve that. I think he's a better player than being in the bench, especially when Kyogo wasn't scoring and he was missing a lot of chances. Um, I thought Georges was the type of guy to score, and well, he scored the other week there. And come on, a pair scored the winner as well. He's done a lot for us, even though he didn't start a lot of games. Well, the, the, again, it's too late. He's gone by the look of it. Uh, and the only important thing for Celtic is they've got a, a league game against St Mirren on Wednesday they've got a cup tie against Morton on Saturday fixtures are coming hard mm. and fast they've got a cup final on the 26th of February um, they, they they need someone back up to Kyogo Do you read into that Cammy that, that Ange Postacoglu or the recruitment department at Celtic do feel like as good as he's been they, they can upgrade that position Because I get your point about you know People always say this You don't want an unhappy player yeah. But he wouldn't be the first player in the world to say Look, this is January You're going nowhere in this window You'll need to stay till the summer Because we don't have anyone to replace you Or we don't have someone better to replace you If there's a willingness to accept a fee of that size At this time There must be surely a confidence level there That the team... Won't suffer Yeah listen This has been rumbling along For, for a, a number of weeks now So the recruitment department The manager All have been looking at this Knowing um, That the probability Of this happening In January Was going to Was going to come up um, So But again I, I still firmly believe That Ange Postacoglu Has got this And created it Himself This culture And environment Within Celtic Football Club That you have to want To be there To be involved in this and if there's, I just feel as if if Georgios Jakimakis has came up to the manager and says, "Look, I'm 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 unhappy," and and he gives his reasons that he's not been playing, or whether it's family issues, we don't know if it's money that's there's a move um, there for him. I, I firmly believe that if he said to Ange, "I want away from the football club," he would move him on. I, I genuinely believe that because I, I just think that he's the type of manager that wants 
players to be there that want to play for the football club and that's why he's got the best out of them so far but I believe they will have mm. a, a plan in place Thanks Scott didn't realise the time my apologies 01419511025 good time to get in touch we'll try and get you on next Taking your calls on Scottish football 01419511025 This is Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell are here It's 01419511025 Or Twitter at Clyde SSB Speaking of which On Twitter I knew it would happen eventually The latest one to oh. get in stick Because we try Trying to go through all the incidents But there are too many Even for you Why is there no mention Why is there no mention Of the ball hitting Maeda's hand En route to the goal And it should have been ruled out Apparently Is that a view you share? No, no. It, it, It's a, a Legitimate goal It for me does not hit his hand and why was there no mention of it from Derek McInnes you know he was very very clear and very uh, lucid on the subject of why it was a penalty when Giacomacus brought down his player but Derek McInnes didn't mention it it, it, it skids off Kyle Lafferty hits so what do you think it hits somewhere up near the top chest or, uh, shoulder near his shoulder um, I mean Cammy the rules are pretty clear if it hits your hand it in any way in the way into the net the goal shouldn't stand I've had lots of still images sent um, you as a former Kilmarnock player and someone who was very unhappy that Kilmarnock were denied a penalty yep. is this another injustice or no I think we're clutching at straws on that one um, it's a very fortunate goal for Celtic um, the way that it happens and hits him but I don't think I think it hits almost like top of his chest and his shoulder area I, I don't think it hits his hand Um but still going back to the penalty It was a clear penalty for me <laughs> He's not letting it go But that's fine That's what we're here for uh, We are on Twitter Like we said at Clyde SSB Or on the phones Let me very quickly We'll bring back the full time teaser this week We had to give it a rest mm-hmm. Because Gordon and Mark Had been like lifting weights And filming themselves I don't know Very strange um, Let's bring back the full time teaser But we'll do it quickly Because there's so much more Still to get through Derek wants you to name The last 10 Rangers players To score a league hat trick Okay, I'll just leave that with you. I won't even bother taking answers right now. Can you name the last 10 Rangers players to score a league hat trick? Okay, what do you think about that? Stephen is a Rangers fan, he's from East Kilbride. Uh, what's your point tonight, Stephen? Um, I was kind of two things. You know, one is just when are we going to start accepting that VAR is here to stay and stop moaning about it? Um, you know, I mean, if it gets the majority of the decisions correct and then we've got the Interpretation and debatable ones, which we'll always have. You know, when are we going to move on from that? Because it obviously it helps you have a show, um, but it just there's constant moaning about it, um, and I think we would all agree that it's probably helped get more decisions right than wrong. Um, but it just seems as if we're continuing to emphasise the ones that have gotten wrong mm-hmm. or gone wrong as opposed to focusing on the positives you know I mean is it just because we're a nation of pessimists that we're going to be looking for, for the doom as opposed to the, the ray of sunshine that it's brought I did wonder a bit a bit about that earlier Hugh and, and it's, it's Stephen makes an interesting point but well, it, it helps us I, I think it only does to an extent right because look drama's yeah. good controversy's good but see when you're then constantly banging on about these types of things and I think what we've probably done recently is, I mean, across the board, right? I'm not picking any particular incidents. We've we've elevated incidents that are, as Stephen says, you know, yeah, a bit debatable, 
We've elevated them to like Crisis, howler, get government intervention yeah. Phone NATO, you know, type thing Which they aren't and it's snowballing So then what happens is You get some bad ones early in a season Which you've spoken about before We don't need to rhyme them off You know the ones, handball decisions And then it's like everyone that comes thereafter Seems worse than the last When it's not, but it's just That's like the sort of trick the mind's playing on you And as Stephen mentions we don't we don't dwell on the ones that are right. For example, pre-VAR, the goals that Celtic score at Hamden that get ruled out for offside, they just stand. They just stand, and no one, you know, or they might stand, and, and no one bats an eyelid. It, it should be a positive that that you get these things right, but it is the ones we get perceived to be wrong that people want a big inquest over. I personally would dispute what Stephen says about VAR getting more right than it gets wrong. No, but no, but it does though. It absolutely does. More. Think about that. You're trying to tell me that it gets more than fifty percent wrong. Big, big calls. You know, but again, but I think up. you're falling into Stephen's trap. Exactly. You're only remembering the headline makers. You're not. You're not remembering any of the routine. Yep, that's a goal. That stands. Where, that's offside. That's I, not. You're not remembering I, any of them. But if I can remember lots of headline makers, then that means that there, there are lots of them. But but you're you're being drawn into the drama. This like, I to a point accept that there's possibly a bit of propaganda here when IFAB or FIFA or the SFA, whoever, say that it gets ninety two percent right, and you can say, mm, not sure about that. But you you've now taken that statistic to to less than fifty. The the the, the, um, the sales pitch. When it was coming in was minimum interference, maximum efficiency. I dispute that. Fine, I, I, fine. But you, to, to test your theory, you think it gets more than fifty percent of decisions wrong at the moment? Yeah. Overall, yeah. Think of all those like silent checks that are going on in a game. I think it's it has not enhanced the game at all. I. That's a different point. That's different. I'll ask one more for clarity. You think it gets more than fifty percent of decisions wrong? Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. I, I, listen, I think where it comes in on its own is the offside one, and it, it's great because there's fine margins in offside, and, and them decisions we seem to be, we're, we're getting absolutely bang on, and that's what we've been waiting for, but there's still that subjectivity of, listen, it's somebody's opinion. Um, somebody that's sitting in a studio looking at it, and hopefully they, they come to a decision by um, the laws of the game, and they can they can justify why they've made that decision. Um, but I wouldn't say mm. Listen at 50% um, I think Hugh's low ball on that yeah, I not? think the worldwide stat for what VAR does is it gets you somewhere in the region Of 90% accuracy Now I get that you might not believe that Because yeah. I struggle with it myself But that would maybe cause me to knock 5% off it or 10 I'm yeah. not sure I can take 40 80% off it 80% probably We're just plucking numbers out of thin yeah. air now aren't we yeah. um, Right Stephen come on then Let's let's uh, practice what you preach What Talk to me about football. Let's forget VAR ever existed. What did you take away from Hamden yesterday? Well, having watched, you know, the game on Saturday night and then yesterday, you know, it was evident on Saturday night what condition the pitch would have been on yesterday. You know, thirty minutes into the game and Cammy said that he was there and it was you know, it was absolutely battering down, it was horrible Saturday night. So you just knew that the pitch would be a you know, a catty field yesterday. And you know, whilst both teams probably wanted to play football and Zip the ball about on that surface It was impossible um, You know, So you just have to take the positive and say We got a result We got the outcome we desired You know, We've had semi-finals against Aberdeen and Celtic In the League Cup in the last five years Where we've failed to get to the final 
um, you know, we're going to be in a showcase final in five or six weeks' time. Let's let's embrace it. It wasn't pretty. Um, the <laughs> the range at the Aberdeen goal, you know, was kind of comical. It was very similar to the the, the Manchester United first goal on Saturday. You know, where players try to play offside. You know, the old adage of play to the whistle came into effect, which the Rangers defenders didn't do. Um, and Aberdeen seized the initiative. Um, you know, that's a concern, you know, when players kind of switch off. Uh, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm, so it's, it's been a good run of form since Michael Beale came in. Um, there seems to be a greater urgency, um, a better pace to play um, just now. Um, and it's good to see Goldson and Davies you know, building a, a partnership at the back. You know, I think that was what Giovanni would have wanted at the start of the season, but unfortunately never really had that pairing. Um, yeah, there's a fa- fairly obvious reasons, Cammy. Rangers go through, so it doesn't yep. it doesn't matter as much. Then you, we've got all these other dramas that we've promised Stephen that we won't speak about. Yeah. So it gets pushed down the priority list, but can you imagine the reaction tonight if Rangers were looking at not being in the League Cup final because of the way they defended that Aberdeen goal, we would be inundated with um, some colourful language, I'm sure. Yeah, and there's still got to be an inquiry about how they've defended that goal. It was, it was absolutely shocking. You could see it coming. You could see Matty Kennedy continuing his run. Um, and Barisic just switches off. He almost just stops, looks at Alan McGregor. Alan McGregor looks at him. Davis is looking across thinking, who's going to go for it? Nobody takes responsibility. Um, and that, that has been questioned over... The Rangers defence previously that nobody takes that responsibility and deals with the situation. Nobody done that. And then even when the cross comes in, Davis has to stay with Majowski. He, he has to see where he is. He can't allow him to, to peel off him. Um, I know he's a little bit, he's all over the place a little bit because of what's previously happened. And Kennedy's got in and he's kind of looking at Barisic saying, what, what, what are you doing out there? But he needs to deal with the player in the middle of the box and clear that. Then have the conversation. It was just a, a, a real mix up from all the players. And um, it's still a kind of warning sign for me that they're not hundred percent at the back. Because Scott referenced uh, Stephen, sorry, referenced that it. it comes in the same weekend as the Man United Man City one, which is a really extreme example. Yeah. You know, there's no there's no debate as there really about the Rangers one no, in terms there, of there's not because he, he, I mean the, the player just stops and you can see that and you can almost see Matty Kennedy just continues his run from miles behind Barisic as well. Barisic just switches off, stops, um, and and. There's no, there's no question over, uh, over that goal. It's just really, really poor defending and communication from the Rangers players. Uh, Hugh, does does Borna Barisic need to to sort of cut out these lapses? Does Yilmaz have a good chance of getting back in that Rangers team anyway when he recovers from injury? If he does soon, interesting player Barisic. You know, he's clearly got quality. Um, World Cup selection by Croatia. However, he is so prone to mistakes of that type. That Michael Beale, I'm sure, is thinking about alternatives. Yeah, I mean, he, he has one in the building. If we see him fit, I think he's meant to be uh, approaching it. Stephen, how Cammy says you know, there's still still sort of warning signs there or, or worrying signs there. D- do you feel them? Do you do you feel the need for reinforcements in, in January? Is is that growing, or do you give more weight to the fact that actually Michael Beale's Rangers team? Win the vast majority of their games. Well, it's, I mean, I suppose it's it's a bit like the Celtic, where people might you know say that their defence is dodgy if you get at it. But how many teams get at it? You know, Rangers play football on the front foot. You know, we can go back to Gerrard's where the two fullbacks bomb forward. People are critical of Tabs 
defensive con- contribution as they are with Barisic's contribution, defensive contribution, but how often are they exposed during a defeat? Now, you know, Europe aside, domestic's not, it's not, it's not been a disaster. You know, obviously we're nine points behind Celtic, which we didn't, don't want to be, and there's, you know, two or three games that really highlighted that and emphasised that, but... I think you know when the modern day fullback is is supposed to be you know almost like a fullback winger, you know you've you've almost kind of got to accept that they're not going to be a Maldini or a Philip Lamb or you know, you're just never going to have them playing for Rangers or Celtic. Um, yesterday's uh, to me it was just you know it was different but it was the same and that you know the defender really was trying to play offside as opposed to playing the whistle. Yeah, and you know it was the same with Man United. You know, and you know, we can debate the Man United goal and say, well, was that clever, you know, or was it sneaky, you know, or was it completely wrong by the laws of the game? There was no dispute in yesterday's. It was just we never played to the whistle, um, and that's where I think the manager's got to hammer home to say, look, I accept you made a mistake yesterday. It didn't cost us in the end, but you need to play to the whistle. Yeah, I mean, Michael Beale, he does want his team to be less anxious, he says, but he praised them for another comeback victory. Yeah, well, I don't want them to be so anxious. I spoke about that. I don't know where the anxiety is coming from at times in the game. We're a good football team. We win a lot of football matches. We've, we've beaten a lot of good teams over the last two or three years. The players in that dressing room, I don't know why this anxiety is there. So we must stop that for certain because it was moments again today where we're anxious. There's other moments where we're very good. But when you're 1-0 down, you don't always see it. Uh, so to win the game is fantastic. For me, I'm very fortunate to, to uh, accept a team that's in a semi-final. So big credit goes to Gio and he staff and the players prior to me coming. You take the baton on. I'm just delighted for our fans and the players that we get to come back here in a final. I think it's a fantastic final for everybody to look forward to. But that's a long way away in my schedule now. Uh, my eyes are on Kilmarnock. Well, Michael Bill wonders where the anxiety comes from. On the day of the game, yesterday, he was in newspapers saying it was unthinkable. That was the word they used. Unthinkable that Rangers did not win a trophy this season. That's where the anxiety comes from. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, Cammy. Has, has this not been a bit of a theme since he came in? Are the Rangers fans looking for that one start to finish, or even close to start to finish, convincing, dominant Performance. They've either fallen behind in games or they've required a big second half showing after a poor first half showing. Because we always hear this stuff, don't we? Ah, it's just results that matter. I think we've exposed in recent seasons that that's just not true. Because, it, you know, especially when you're Celtic and Rangers and you should be winning your domestic games, you need to do it with that, with that bit of comfort at times. Yeah, and uh, listen, results are the most important thing. Cup's but, a bit different, I guess, yes, so, to be but, fair. But uh, results are the most important thing, but also performances need to, to come with it domestically, certainly, as you say. Um, but for me, it's uh, it's still that defence. They keep losing goals. Um, the clean sheets aren't coming as easy as they should be. Um, and they're, they're gifting. When you look at the goals they lose, they, they almost gift goals to teams as well. They don't really make them work that hard for it. For it. Um, so that's where they need to tighten up. Because I think once you start to keep clean sheets and you get into that habit of doing it, it becomes uh, natural and then it allows your attacking players to go and win you the game of football. Yeah, we've got quite the final on our hands, Hugh. We've oh, made yeah. it to quarter to eight and we've not really mentioned it, <laughs> which maybe tells well, its own story. I, I think that's going to be the way of it now in, in our country. Unless Celtic and Rangers are drawn against each other, 
prior to the final, I think most finals now will be Celtic against Rangers. Well, you know, Killian Aberdeen gave it a good old go at the weekend, so you never know. Thank you to Stephen. How are you two faring on this teaser, looking for the last 10 Rangers players to score a league hat trick. You've got to go through the big hitters. Oh, Morelos. No, would right. you believe he's done it in okay. almost all the other competitions, but never um Cholak? No. Kent. No. Sakala. <laughs> yes. Against Motherwell. Defoe? Yep. Against Hamilton and Hibbs. Um Waghorn? Yep. Queen Tavernier? of the South and Warg- Okay, I can't keep up with you. Tavernier, no. Um then we've got uh, Lafferty. Nope. Naismith? Nope. Kenny Miller Struggling Oh yes Kenny Miller has Okay we'll do the rest of them And more of your football discussion From the weekend next Number one for football In Glasgow and the West 0141 951 1025 Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're on the home straight with Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans It was the type of weekend that you probably don't get over in one night And this has been so busy on the phone So if you didn't get through we can always do it tomorrow night Make sure you get back in touch On the full time teaser Derek Morrison wants you to name the last 10 Rangers players To score a league hat-trick You've got Sakala, Defoe, Waghorn, Kenny Miller Kamar Roof Yes And um, Josh Windass Well done I've got John Daly Superb We're going all the way back to East Fife in 2013 <sighs> I was there I was there <laughs> Nicky Clark Forfer in 2013 Well done And Lee McCulloch Superb He got one Airdrie Must have been a pair In 2014 Ah surely 1, Only one to get Okay Getting before the end um, Here's your Seamless transition Does it Kind of sum up Kamar Roof's Rangers career Hugh That he, he yeah. Doesn't play this season Until Mid-October You see him for a couple of minutes then Then doesn't play again Until Mid-January Scores the goal Which sees Rangers through to A cup final And then goes off injured And may have a dislocated shoulder Which means that he'll come back for February 26 And score against Celtic in the final <laughs> That's been quite a time Cam I mean, Whenever this happens look, we, we sometimes forget that the priority The, the sympathy needs to go with the player Who, who yeah. must find that tough but At the same time if you're a fan You do detach yourself from that And you, you maybe want the club to have more Robust options Michael Beale said He doesn't like players that are injured Which seems quite harsh But you kind of get where he's coming from Yeah and listen Kmars had a, a lot of injuries Throughout his career he's, he, You get players that, that do get injured Unfortunately more than others um, Again you look at the one at the weekend It's so unfortunate It's just the way that he falls And initially when he fell And the way that he got up I thought he's maybe dislocated his shoulder I've done that myself So, And he was kind of holding his arm The same way as I was When I'd done it um, you could see the frustration on his face when he'd went off because he knew that it was it was probably a nasty injury. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's going to be difficult if the manager's coming out and saying he, he doesn't like players that get injured a lot. Well, Kemar Roof is a player that, that carries a lot of injuries, but he's also a very, very good player when you can get him fit. don't think it's any surprise, Hugh, this is dominated tonight by... Uh, League Cup semi-finals Which is, is absolutely fine But what, what else jumped out at you from the weekend? A whole lot of things From every game And Motherwell continue to defend very poorly It's mm. still one win since October uh, St Johnston have now lost five league games on the bounce And no disrespect to Livingston But you don't expect them to go up to McDermott Park And score four goals against you uh, And Hibbs totter on But for Kevin Nisbet They'd be in real bother Um 
they, they, they totter on now to a, a cup tie against the Hearts on Sunday which if I were Lee Johnson I would and a Hibs fan I would not be looking forward to it um, I won't ask him because he's definitely going to give me the cynical answer and I don't want to hear it but um, should Motherwell fans be worried Cammy, when you look at that failure to win again at home against Ross County at the weekend yeah they've got to be worried and uh, the reasons they've got to be worried is their home form is really really poor and normally that's where Motherwell would be picking up a lot of their points they're normally very very good at home a hard team to beat this season they just defensively really really worries me they look really poor um, I, I, I question a lot of the goals they lose, you look at, look back at them and some of the decision making at the moment from individual players and Stephen Hamill can't do anything about that, he can set his, his team up and put them on the pitch but individual errors, decisions on the pitch players need to take accountability for that so I do worry for them at the moment but listen they've got loads of time to turn it around but they need to start picking up points at home Yeah that's absolutely true, the, 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 the bottom four separated by three points uh, so it's going to be a bit of a free-for-all. You couldn't imagine Kilmarnock getting anything out of Rangers on uh, Wednesday night. Although Rangers are going from a bad pitch at Hamden to a synthetic pitch uh, at Kelly to a pitch with sand on it at Perth on Sunday in the Scottish Cup. They're just uh, far from pitch perfect at the moment. Uh, but I think you look at that bottom four and you think, well, eventually Kilmarnock will be okay. Uh, but um, Dundee United for Dundee me will United be okay. will be okay. I, I think they've They're, got very, very good players, and they've they've had a really terrible start, a bit of turmoil in there. But they seem to Liam Fox seems to have weathered the storm a little bit, and they are picking up points at the moment. I say either Ross County or Motherwell are automatically relegated, or. One is relegated and the other's in the what, playoff. What makes you so confident about Kilmarnock? Not to say I disagree, yeah. but I, I get the lo- it can be flawed logic, but I get the logic about Dundee United. They've, they've got on paper so called good players. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying Kelly don't right, but why would you be? Why would you be so confident about them? I think Derek has to take the handbrake off now because he. It was very interesting that when Kilmarnock played Celtic in the league, they did part the bus and they thought they were getting away with it first half and then Keel will come up with a late goal um, but if you can play the way they did against Celtic on Saturday evening at Hamden you can be mm. okay you've just got to unleash the players and not always think um, negatively that can be a challenge though can't it Cammy look it's a cup semi-final we mentioned that it's a cup you, you, things can happen to you. you you maybe do feel a bit freer you can really go for it you, you maybe can do that on the front foot on one occasion but can you do that for a season does that what is there to say that the the plucky effort against Celtic in a semi-final translates into bread and butter league games there's nothing that says that and, and that's where Derek McInnes um, earns his money that he tries to get the players to believe they can play like that week in week out but the worrying thing for me is uh, for Kilmarnock is they don't score enough goals they've not got a goal scorer um, the bot Vasellen, who looks a, a tidy player, it's been difficult to judge him. The games he's came in have, have obviously been against Celtic, so you're not going to get many opportunities. But they just don't score enough goals, so that that's a concern for me um, with Kilmarnock. I, I look at Dundee United; I think they've got goal scorers in in their in their group. Uh, they will score goals and goals win you games. Um, so that that's a kind of the area I look. Motherwell concede too many goals That's at the moment they're conceding far too many goals. They're too soft at the back, and they need to try and rectify that. Yeah, table um, 
Well, I was going to say the table's skewed a little bit because of fixtures, but you know most of the teams I think have played twenty-one. You're getting the odd anomaly, and then some teams didn't play in the league at the weekend. But Hugh, maybe not sparkling best, but her Hearts really looking good for for that third place finish. Although you felt they got away with a, a penalty yeah. decision at they Friday did. night, they did get away with one, and uh, you know Robbie Nielsen has to learn to conduct himself a bit better into the bargain. You know, said to the stand, I mean, for. Fairly juvenile conduct uh, But They are Out with Celtic and Rangers They are At least consistent They are threatening They have very good players uh, And You know the, the the fact that They can go into Europe Is bringing them in A lot of money And that's the incentive For Anne Budge Robbie Nielsen Everyone at Hearts uh, we'll, we'll see you know what they're made of midweek against mm. Aberdeen, but right now, be a good game that, yeah, it? be a terrific game. But right now, Aberdeen on the rebound from what happened to them yesterday, and given the Lauren Shanklin factor, etc., 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 you you would automatically lean towards Hearts and Wednesday. I was interested in that piece of business. They concluded earlier, Cami, a five-year deal for Kai Rolls, who has been a very, very good signing for. Hearts went and had a very good World Cup with Australia as well without sounding disrespectful for a club like Hearts to be going extending a contract you know, giving a five-year deal to a player who's there that shows you that they they feel like they're on the verge of a serious piece of business with this guy, do they not? Yeah, it's a, it's a real sign of intent of, of again, that probably suits both parties to be honest, again, I'm pretty sure there might be a a fee agreed in that contract of when he can move on. Um, so that that lets any any clubs out there uh, know the value that it probably would take to get him away from the club. But it's a good bit of business for for Hearts, and it's a it's a club that are in a good place at the moment. Their 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 structure and it seems really good. They've got the um, obviously a director of football in there that's looking at long term plans, and that's why they're tying guys like this down. Okay, you're looking for one more of the last 10 Rangers players to score a league hat trick on your teaser. You've got McCulloch, Nicky Clark, John Daly, Kamar Roof, Fashion Sakala, Jermaine Defoe, Martin Waghorn, Kenny Miller, and Josh Windass. <sighs> He's that... still at the club. Oh. How does that do for a clue? Not a lot, obviously. Mm. On, on loan or still? No, no, no still very still much there. there. So he's not a striker, but if you were looking for, apart from James Tavernier, someone who's not a striker for Rangers, but is a good bet to get you a goal, who would Arfield? you go for? Yes. Scott Arfield. Well done, Cammy Bell. Thank you, Hugh Keevans. Very, very busy on the phones tonight. So thank you for getting involved. We love it when you get involved on a Monday and look back on all the big talking points. Apologies if you couldn't get through, but we can do it again tomorrow. Six o'clock, Gordon Deal and Mark Wilson are here. And quick as that, we're already looking forward to a midweek card in the Premiership. And who knows what the transfer window will throw up tomorrow. So make sure you join us at six. And Callum Gallagher is up next.